Welcome to Giving Intelligence, a podcast dedicated to exploring the impact of leading nonprofits and the meaningful ways to support their mission. Join us as we delve into the stories of organizations making a difference all around the world, where we learn about the challenges they face and the innovative solutions they bring to the table. With a focus on effective giving, we'll also be discussing the importance of making well-thought-out charitable contributions. While writing a check can do a lot of good, there are often more effective ways to give. Whether you're an experienced philanthropist or just looking to make a difference, Giving Intelligence is your guide to making the most of your giving in your community. This episode features a conversation with Kyoko Mitsumatsu. She is the founder and executive director of Yoga Gives Back. We're going to discuss some of the work they do in India, empowering the next generation there and getting them out of poverty. We're also going to discuss how important it is to get the right in-kind donation and what a difference they can make. Ayoko Mitsumatsu and Yoga Gives Back are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Capital Intelligence Associates. Welcome to the Giving Intelligence podcast. I am so happy this uh, episode that we have Kyoko Mitsumatsu on with us with Yoga Gives Back. Um, Kyoko, can you tell us a little bit about Yoga Gives Back? Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Michael, for having me to share Yoga Gives Back. So yeah, I started Yoga Gives Back as a nonprofit organization um, from a yoga classroom in Los Angeles in Center for Yoga, actually in Larchmont, where I started taking yoga yoga classes seriously. And I'm a documentary filmmaker as a profession. And in 2006, I was making a documentary about social entrepreneurship and microfinancing. And Dr. Mohammed Yunus from um, Bangladesh has just received Nobel Peace Prize. So I learned how $15 can change poor women's life out of poverty in developing countries. And I was spending $15 easily for yoga class. So one day it just hit me very hard that I was benefiting so much from this practice, physically and mentally more and more. And then I thought about India where yoga was from, there are so many poor people, they don't have even luxury of practicing yoga like we do in the West. So I started to telling my teacher, you know, like we should do something about giving back because we getting so much benefit. So everybody said, yes, long story short in 16 years, we are now uh, supporting more than 2,400 underserved women and children. For women, we gave microloans as we started. Uh, mission was that you know that was the goal and then for young people and young children especially girls who have no chance to get education we give scholarship for higher education to graduate from college so it's and then we are now engaging like yoga communities around the world over 30 countries who really want to join our campaign and give back so that's the short version of our story Wow, that's somebody who's inspired by every day and and learning. That's wonderful. Uh, you said that you give uh, microloans, and I know that's mm -hmm. a, a very important you know part of giving and can make such a big difference. Can you give an example of a loan or two you might have given out recently that has really changed somebody's life? Yes. So, you know, it's been 16 years. And initially, so the women we support here, they are in a rural, very poor area, just south of Calcutta, in West Bengal of Los Angeles, I mean, of India. Um, they were just staying inside the house. Many of them are illiterate. They don't have any water, running water, electricity. So you can imagine the poverty level. So as soon as we gave these microloans, which is about 
like $120 a year. That was a for per group. Each group has about 10 women because women have never experienced anything like this before. They don't, they have never even been to bank. So there's a, like a year of training to make them ready so that they can interact with merchants and so on. But so in the first couple of years, their income level, income rate was rose 600, 600% because of course they didn't have anything before. And the biggest thing is each woman also saves 50 rupees, which is about a dollar uh, per month from their income. And that goes towards their young girl's education in the future. So we don't charge any interest. But so the mothers get more independent and, you know, you, you ask me about the benefit or impact. Financial benefit is huge, as I said, but I see equally or even more important is the peer support system they create through this practice. Because women, 10 women come together. This is Dr. Yunus's also platform too. Always create a group so that if somebody defaults payment, other members cover it so as a group they move, keep moving forward right and so during this process of doing microloans they become like really trustworthy first time like really best friends and women can talk about domestic violence and all sorts of abuse that's happening at home which they could never talk about but now they can talk about this and they really are empowered because of this and now they're very powerful and I meet them they're like always gathering and if there is any uh, domestic violence they'll go to the husband as a group and they challenge them so these are the things I've seen it's not just monetary, but it's like social change. Wow. You know, there's that saying, you you give a person a fish, they eat for a day, you teach them to fish, they eat for a lifetime. But it seems like you're teaching a whole village one microloan at a time on, on, on how to be sustainable. Is, is that correct? Yeah, I feel like like I'm not teaching anything to them. We are just providing means like tools, you know, in terms of monetary support but you know everybody has this very dr Yunus always talks talks about this but everybody is genius you know they they know people know how to survive how to make living they don't poor people just don't have opportunity and that's really true these women have really taught us they can do whatever their their mind is set to they just were they were deprived of opportunities and it sounds like them helping their village and 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 the children that yes. they're getting rid of that cycle of lack of opportunities and hopefully taking a whole community up with them, including the next generation, hopefully generations after that. Yeah, that's it. Very soon after we started microloans and I started going to India every year, all the mothers I met was were telling me that I don't want my children or especially my daughters to live like us. And that was very difficult comment to hear. But then I realized, okay, it's one thing to help these poor mothers with microfinancing, microloans, but we need to take care of this next generation as well. That's how we started giving girls with a higher education, five-year scholarship for higher education. And now it's been 10 years. And I just came back from India in January and I was just blown away because we couldn't go during the pandemic for three years. Now we see girls graduating with bachelor's degrees and they become the breadwinners of a family 
fixing the houses, you know, helping the parents and becoming the role models of the communities where gender discrimination is so deep rooted that, you know, some mothers who don't have sons were laughed at, laughed at and despised. But now there are these mothers who have accomplished daughters with bachelor's degree, bachelor of science, they're so proud of their daughters. So I can see, like you said, generational impact is powerful. That is great. You're talking about all the great work you're doing. What are some of the challenges you're having? Yes, so it's been 16 years since I started this organization. And we kept growing, growing, growing. And we reached to now 2,400 lives to support. In terms of outreach with the yoga communities, we reached out to over 30 countries. But there are supposed to be 300 million yoga practitioners around the world generating $8 billion or $80 billion. I don't know. There are a lot of different numbers, but it's a humongous amount of money. And our goal has been to at least reach to 1 million yoga practitioners, beneficiaries. If 1 million people give us a dollar, that's $1 million, right? And we can do so much more. So I have not been able to reach to $1 million yet, 1 million yoga practitioners yet. It, we are getting there. But I think my obstacle right now is to how to scale our organization, not just because we want to just grow, but there is so much we can do in, you know, as a way of giving back. Yeah, I think there's a lot of organizations out there that if they raised another 10,000, 100,000 million dollars, wouldn't know what to do with it. And it's great to know that your yoga gives back as a vision and knows the more successful you become, the more impact you have. And that, and that is wonderful. Um, as, as you know, in this podcast, we talk about two things. First, we talk about some interesting organizations that are changing the world. And I, I, I love the fact that all of us here in America and, around, you know, and a lot of other people have a chance to change the world. And the first way is finding the right organizations to donate to. But the second way is to figure out how to donate. And a lot of people could give a lot more if they thought about their donations in a more strategic manner. Do you have any examples of any donors that have helped you out in a way beyond writing a check to really help you help you grow, help yoga give back, gives back grow in a way that was was more powerful than just writing you know, a $100 check or a $1,000 check. Yeah. Well, on top of the list is the volunteers who help all our fundraising efforts always. But one of the a very impactful experience I had during the pandemic was that we used to always, we still do, fundraise through in-person yoga events and galas and so on. But suddenly pandemic prohibited us from hosting this in-person fundraising. So we were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So we switched everything to online, right? And But online world was like wild west. We didn't know where, who to go to, to host our all online classes and online fundraisers. But Brightstar is one company, online event, live event company who stepped up and said, we'll help you. And we did like three day, like global, yoga, kirtan, music, concerts, like 12 hours a day, live, three days, you know, 12 hours each day. And we were able to raise almost $100,000 from this event, which was more successful than a regular in-person, you know, campaign. And only because this 
Brightstar online platform company thought about our situation and they didn't charge us anything. Instead, they said, make make them as an in-kind sponsor and we wrote tax receipt for the value of the service they gave us. And so it didn't cost us anything. It raised a lot of money. It engaged so many people from around the world as a successful online company. So that was wonderful. Yeah, that's great. I think there's so many experts out there in the world at so many different skills and whether it's creating an online event or something else who by donating their time can often get a tax write-off but make much bigger impact than, than again, that just writing the check because there's so many services every nonprofit needs. And whether it's fundraising or, you know, if you're a carpenter to, to, to build bookshelves, you know, just those little things can cost a nonprofit so much money and a few minutes of your time or a few hours of your time or a little bit of technology can make a difference. Um, Do you have any other similar examples of of somebody donating instead of money, time or time or resources? Yeah, there are two other important, you know, groups, groups of people. One is our ambassadors who are yoga teachers around the world who are who become ambassadors to so because they believe in a mission, but basically they donate their time and their expertise as a yoga teacher or meditation teacher, and they do classes as a fundraiser. So in that sense, they are giving their time and you know in kind donations, but that raises a lot of money, but also creates community. That's very important, you know, create community with the mission of giving back. So that's very important for us. And the other one is our pro bono lawyer, I mean, Hale from New York, who's been serving us as a totally pro bono service lawyer for, I mean, last maybe 10 years. We've been lucky with the lawyers. We never had to pay any any lawyer so far. <laughs> so I, I agree, like Mike Michelle, you said, it's really true. Like so many people have expertise. And if you're retiring with you know, amazing talent, for example, you know, you can use that to help nonprofits, accounting or, you know, anything. Yeah, I think from from a nonprofit um, point of view, it's always good to know who your donors are and look them up and who your board is, because a lot of them will have skills that if they're just waiting to ask. If you if you look at most most people and ask why they didn't give to a certain cause or give in a certain way, it's because they were never asked. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, if you're sitting there and you're you, you're a multi-billionaire or or you're you're you know trying your best to to make ends meet, if there's something you care about. That there's o- always certain needs, and if you have a skill, and I, I remember, you know, we have a client that every year has some very famous chocolate chip cookies and donates them to some silent auctions around town. And every year they go for more and more as her reputation for her cookies increases. And and, and it's wonderful because the more she does it, the more she gets. And as a as a baker, she, she loves doing it. So it, it doesn't cost her anything but a few bucks for some ingredients. Yeah, that's great. So that, that that's a, you know some great examples for our listeners. Any other upcoming initiatives or projects that you guys are working on that you think that the listeners might might find fascinating? Yes. So maybe, uh, so during the pandemic, uh, 
I, you know, like kids in the U.S. were complaining about Zoom classes, but like in India, many poor kids don't even have uh, computers or internet at home. So I realized, especially young girls who are the last one to use mobile phone if there is one at home. So many girls lost a year because they couldn't make it to final exams or Zoom classes. So we are creating a digital center in the village and hopefully we can really create a robust infrastructure so that girls and women, and of course, all the men and brothers and everybody can benefit from this access to digital uh, technology, which we take for granted like this, you know, this event, this uh, interview, you know, without Zoom, we couldn't do it, but um, we just have to be mindful that not everybody has this luxury. So that's one. And then the other one is a pet project. You, so many people probably know it. It's a menstrual product support. I also learned that poor area in poor areas in India, you know, they don't have any access to sanitary napkins. So they use just rag and it's hygienically, it's not good. It's not good for gynecological reasons too. So we got a grant a couple of years ago and then during the pandemic, we were able to train some women of a microloan program. So now they are producing their own pads and I want to make it into a big social enterprise so they can make profit as well as learning this, um, you know, gynecological implications and also give it to young girls because there are a lot of schools who still don't have toilets for girls. So they would drop out of school as a result of menstruation. Yeah, I think a lot of us look, look at the problems in our streets and in in the U.S. and some other developed countries, and and sometimes forget how good we have it some days, and 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 how much it just a, a few dollars can go a long way to re really make the whole world a better place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you for your time today. It's been fascinating to get to know you and Yoga Gives Back. And um, I wish you a lot of luck with all these projects in the future and may your fundraising efforts uh, go very well. Thank you so much for having us. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Mitchell Krause is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professionals prior to making a decision.